Welcome to Volunteer Connection, a podcast for Girl Scout volunteers, parents, and Girl Scouts of all ages. I'm your host, Sarah, coming to you from sunny Arizona. This is the first ever podcast of its kind. We're bringing you interviews with Girl Scout volunteers from across the country and even the world. Conversations with high-achieving girls who set big goals and crush them. And panel discussions and debates about the latest news and information related to girls and Girl Scouting. Let's go ahead and start with an introduction. Who are you? Where are you from? What council? And how are you involved in Girl Scouts? So my name is Jill Kelch. I am involved with North Carolina Coastal Pines Council. I am a member of Service Unit 601. I run a Girl Scout troop of second year juniors, and I also am our mentor director for our service unit. And how large is your troop? And then for your service unit positions, how did you get involved and how long have you been involved? So my troop is second year juniors. They're fifth graders. I have one fourth grader. This is the first year ever that I've had all juniors. Um, I am our mentorship director. I've been doing that for two years. I, well, I mean, honestly, the person who puts together our service unit just asked me to be involved, but I picked up becoming our mentorship director because when I started out as a leader, I desperately wanted a mentor. I did not have much of a Girl Scout experience as a girl and sort of got into being a troop leader because I kind of felt like I didn't have any other option. It was kind of put to me as we need a leader or the troop is going to go away. So I became a leader, but I felt really out of my element because I hadn't really been a Girl Scout as a girl. So I really wanted a mentor and my council kept telling me, yeah, yeah, we'll get you a mentor. We'll get you a mentor. And it never happened. (laughs) So when somebody came to me and asked me if I wanted to be part of the service unit and what position, you know, I would like to run for, um, I said that I would be mentorship director just to kind of save other leaders from my own experience. So what does your mentorship program look like now that you run it? And how does it work? So I'll start off by telling you how our mentorship program used to work and, um, and how I've changed it. And I hope for the better. And I think that leaders would say that it's for the better. But when I became a leader, basically you could ask for a mentor. And then they would put up a slide at all of the meetings that, say it, that said, these are the troops that are looking for mentors. And hopefully somebody in the room would raise their hand and say, yeah, I'll mentor that troop. It never happened. It never happened for my troop. And actually, I never saw it happen for any troop. So I don't think that worked very well. Uh, What we did when I first became the mentorship director is the first thing I did is I just recruited like a rock star Daisy troop leader, a rock star Brownie troop leader, junior, and then older girls, which I all kind of lumped together and said, you know, if you guys are willing to be mentors you know, you're going to mentor all the Daisy troops, you're going to mentor all the Brownie troops, and so on. If a troop wanted a mentor, they had one, they were ready to go. And that was a vast improvement on the old system. But what we've done to go even further this year is we've sort of given troops mentors, whether they like it or not. So (laughs) every quarter, my mentors send out an email with kind of what you should be looking at or what you should be focused on this quarter And that way they're getting a touch point at least four times a year. So when they panic, 
they know what to do. They can just go to their email, they can search and find their mentor and, and reach out to them. That sounds a lot better. So how many troops are in your service unit and now how many mentors do you have? Is it still one per level? It is one per level. I think that my DAISY mentor is maybe a little overwhelmed and we maybe need two at the DAISY level. Um, but I do just still have one mentor per level and we have, I mean, I guess like a lot of councils, we probably have 80 troops, but only maybe 55 that are, that are active, um, you know, doing more than what I did in my troop when I was a Girl Scout, which was just get together and make a craft every week. Why do you continue to come back as a volunteer? You talked a little bit about why you got involved. You felt like you didn't really have a choice, but what is your why for continuing to I mean, it's easy to say that it's the girls. I do. I love my girls. They're amazing. I enjoy so much watching them become the people that they're going to ultimately become. The other thing that I found is that, and I, this might sound terrible, but parenting was like a supernatural thing for me to do. It's something that I kind of have to think about and put effort towards. And I found really, really quickly that my favorite memories with my daughter are at Girl Scouts. We just, you know, the rest of the world sort of melts away and there's no, I'm too busy for that. Or maybe when we have time or, you know, the other things that, that always get in the way of that. And it's just such an easy place for the two of us to connect and build our relationship. And it's, it's really wonderful. So similarly, what is one of your proudest moments as a Girl Scout volunteer? It was a really wonderful experience. I, my girls, five of my girls, I have nine girls in my troop. Five of them did their bronze award last year and the other four are doing it this year. And it was a good experience for us. Um, the girls did a great job. And then it just so happened that I ended up being the volunteer in charge of our countywide bridging and award ceremony, which our troops don't have to participate in. But if you don't want to go out and do your own bridging ceremony, you can take part in, in our countywide bridging ceremony. So I was in charge of that this year. Uh, again, sort of oddly, but I only had one girl bridging and I didn't want to invent a whole ceremony just for one girl. So <laughs> I had her bridge at our countywide ceremony and I also handed out the bronze awards um, at that ceremony. And it was just, it was an, it was an incredible moment. There were so many girls there um, all the girls from the different troop got up and talked about, you know, their bronze awards and what they had done. And when my own girls started talking about their award, it just, it really impacted me. You know, you're never really sure how much they know or what they're picking up on, or even if they remember step one in this 10 step process and they really blew me away. They did an amazing job. So what um, was their bronze award? We have an organization here in town called the Castle Street Rescue Mission. That's a residential program for homeless men. And so my girls took on collecting enough items, uh, both the things that they needed, like clothing and shoes and toiletries and stuff like that, but also enough items that they could sell in their free store to put five men through the program. So that's what they did. It's a little bit hard to quantify, but uh, I, I think they did it. <laughs> that's awesome. And what is the Bronze Award project that the rest of your troop is working on this year? So I don't know if you're aware, I'm here in Wilmington, North Carolina, and we had Hurricane Florence come through uh, just in September. So 
there was a lot of help initially while the FEMA trucks were here getting cleaned up and getting debris out of the way and so forth. But then FEMA left and everything has just kind of sat. So there's a park here in my community actually, which, is, which isn't necessarily where a lot of the girls are, but it is where our meeting place is. And they have adopted that park and they're doing all the debris cleanup in that park. And they're also going to do a community garden and a friendship bench in that park. For the ceremony, so how big was that? How many girls were there bridging? How many troops were recognized for high awards, et cetera? What did that look like? Um, so there was about 100 girls, as my best guess, that were there either bridging or receiving higher awards. We had eight troops that were receiving bronze awards, and then we had four, three or four girls, I can't remember, that received their silver award. We didn't have any bronze that did it at the, at the county bridging ceremony this year. And it was really wonderful. We put together this amazing script. It was handed to me as, I think, four different bridging ceremonies. And I kind of put them all together, and they focused sort of around the brownie story. And as the girls came across, they built the pond and um, we did it from the top down. So we started with the oldest girls and they came over and they talked about friendship and courage and the kinds of values that you take with you from Girl Scouting and they built this pond. And then when the brownies who were flying up to juniors came over, they had little owl wings on and they were very close cute and then when the daisies came over they looked into the pond and they saw themselves and became the brownie elves and it was it was really adorable <laughs> that's awesome how many of you worked together to put the event on there were three of us so myself and then two other members of our service unit did that together uh, and next year, our goal is to involve a lot more girls. Um, we kind of had a plan for doing this at a local park. It was supposed to happen really the, like the weekend of the hurricane. So we were scrambling a little bit to put it on before we got too far in the year, into the year because it is a bridging ceremony. Um, but next year, when we won't have those kinds of challenges, we're hoping to involve the girls more. On a totally different note, what is one of the coolest adventures or experiences that you've gotten to do with your troop? So I definitely more of an experience. We've had some really great adventures too. I've taken my girls to a high ropes course. Uh, we did scout day at Grandfather Mountain, which is one of the wonderful, wonderful state parks that we have here in North Carolina uh, in the Blue Ridge Parkway. But um, definitely I was thinking about this uh, before the interview and one of the most fun experiences I had was I took my girls on a summer camping and it was sort of between their brownie and junior year so I wanted them all to earn a junior badge uh, as their first badge and we were on this camping trip and I decided on the musician badge and I'm not quite sure why but we did all the components of it and then one one of the last things we did was we put on this show and so one of the things they had to do was make instruments and of course there was the typical things that you might expect like shoebox guitars and the Easter egg maracas and, and things like that. But they had really made some incredibly creative instruments with balloons and rubber bands and popsicle sticks and 
and jingle bells and all this crazy stuff. And they put on this show and my oldest girl emceed it and she was incredible. She was making up songs on the fly and she did a little rap and it was, it was just wild. And I, I just love to see them be so creative and so in the moment and so confident. It was, it was really fun. It was sort of um, an extended uh, campfire before we got the campfire started. So at the end of the show, then we started the the campfire, but it, it was really impressive. Um, I think it was a good reminder that as leaders, we really just, we need to, you know, let them, spread their wings and take the lead because uh, good things happen when you do that. That is awesome. That sounds like a really, really cool moment. And I totally agree. I, I love when you get to see them be in their natural element. Okay. So what's similarly, I guess, what is one of the craziest or silliest memories? Oh my gosh, that was pretty silly. Um, every year at Campery, and I imagine that most councils have a similar thing, but you have a huge campfire together on Saturday night. And both of the camperies actually that I've taken my girls to, they have wanted to do tons of skits and stories and songs and everything. And even though there's, you know, probably 10 or 15 other troops there for whatever reason, my girls love to to be in the spotlight <laughs> and yeah they get they get really they get really silly and really crazy I mean to the point where they're like sneaking in behind other skits and like acting like uh props or scenery or something in skits that they're not even part of <laughs> my girls are really fun I'm not gonna lie they they're really fun but um you know, I, I like to remind them, you know, we have really, as, as a troop, we've really taken the new girl mantra to heart, risk taker, innovator, um, leader, and go-getter. I did that out of order, sorry. It but works. <laughs> we've talked about, you know, what it is to be a go-getter, what it is to be a risk taker, and risk taker is actually the first of those that we really attacked in our troop. And I feel like my girls really embraced it. I had a girl that for several meetings wouldn't speak to anybody and for several more would only talk to the girls It wouldn't talk to me and she's just deeply 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 shy and she called a flag ceremony in front of 120 adults um, as part of her risk taker uh, badge or I made it into a badge and uh, I had another girl who was very afraid of heights and not only crossed Swinging Bridge on Grandfather Mountain, but also did the high ropes course with us as part of her stepping out of her box and being a risk taker. And it has done amazing, amazing things for my girl's confidence. That was so smart to make that into like a earned award program. And I am going to steal that because I think that's just a really good way to kind of uh, help them perceive it in such a way as like these are activities that we're going to participate in and then they can just embody that moving forward so I, I think that's that was brilliant good job it was really fun and really wonderful to be able to personalize it for all of my girls that was really fun we did that last year and this year we're attacking being a go-getter and 
I'm not, I'm not going to lie. The, the cookie sale goals are, are huge, really huge. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about that because I think most councils are coming up on their cookie sale. So what's your per girl average? What are your best practices? What tips or tricks or suggestions do you have to share? Oh goodness. Um, sometimes when it comes to cookies, I just feel like I'm really lucky I have nine girls in my troop. I had seven girls in my troop last year. And last year I had two of the top 12 cookie sellers in our county. So I'm not quite, I'm not exactly sure how that happened, but I will say that, you know, we talk about cookies as a way to achieve their goals. And I talk to them about what things are going to cost in boxes of cookies so you know they really last year they really wanted to do a sleepover at a children's museum that was about two and a half hours away and I think that sometimes money is really abstract even at the second year junior level so you know I talk to them in terms of boxes of cookies and say okay if you guys want to go do this we're going to have to you know we're going to have to sell 400 boxes of cookies per girl you know just for this activity which isn't exactly true, but, you know, I'm not going to get into them with them, the things that we have to do, like buying badges and buying patches and doing, buying supplies to do those things. So I just increase, you know, what the activity that they've chosen is going to cost by, you know, the things that we have to buy anyway, and then we can kind of skip over that whole part. But best practices, I think that you know, letting the girls be excited, letting them see all of the, you know, silly little prizes and stuffed animals and t-shirts and things like that, that they can earn. Let them get excited. Let them talk to each other about it. I've talked to a few uh, leaders that say they, they don't want it to become a competition. So they really keep, you know, who's selling the most cookies and and what everybody's totals are. And they kind of keep that secret. And I never really thought about that, but I've never done it. And I think that my girls really motivate each other. I've never seen it turn ugly. If it did, you know, we would address that. Um, But I think that my girls just really encourage each other and the competition in our troop to sell the most cookies is really, really healthy and really positive competition. So that's, you know, maybe that's just luck of the draw on my part, but um, it has, it has come very naturally to our troop to be, to sell a lot of cookies every year. So do you think that your girls are selling more at booths or to friends and family? I think it depends on the girl. I certainly have girls who sell at booths. I am very active. Before you started recording this, you and I had a little conversation about how you go about getting good booths, the booths you want, the booths you can staff, and I am very, very active. I am that person that is on the moment new booths open up, and I'm very purposeful about getting booths that I think my girls will be successful at, and I think that's really important because you're really going to burn your girls out if you send them out somewhere for three hours and they sell 25 boxes of cookies. It's just not going to be good. So true. So true. Do you do primarily council scheduled booths or self-scheduled booths or a mix? We do a little bit of a mix. I don't do a ton of self-scheduled booths. It's really 
I let my moms drive that if they say, oh, there's this place, you know, in my neighborhood, there's this coffee shop in my neighborhood, and I know it would just be great. Then I say, all right, go in and talk to them about a booth. You know, you can staff it, and I will find another person to work it with you. Um, so we do a little bit of that. We do a lot of, of council booths that, you know, that they make available to troops. And then, but my top sellers sell a lot on walkabouts. I know, and my daughter does a lot of booths because I think it's important that I as a leader and they're doing, you know, as many or more booths than my mom's. That's just a way that I lead by example. But I can sell more cookies in a walkabout in two hours with my daughter than I can at a booth. I think. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Do you do walkabouts primarily just you and your daughter or do you do group walkabouts? We start our cookie sale and again, just, you know, building on enthusiasm. We are one of the first troops in our county at the gate, the day cookies open at eight o'clock in the morning. I am there picking up cookies and then I go drop them all off in my garage and immediately go meet the girls on that Saturday for a troop walkabout. And that's our first activity of cookie season every year. It's been like that since the first year that I took over the troop. And really I did it that first year um, because they were brownies and that was part of a badge to go over safety and so forth um, when you're selling. So I did it as part of the badge that year, but I thought it was just such a valuable experience. It's a way for me to do a walkabout with all my girls, make sure they're doing it safely, make sure they're thinking about safety and, um, and getting them excited about selling too. And that way they all have that experience, which I think is absolutely critical. I mean, Girl Scouts talks about the five things that girls learn during cookie selling. I really think they do. I would be terrified as an adult to start my own business, but none of my girls will be. When they grow up, they will have the confidence and the fortitude and the knowledge to start a business if they want to. And, um, and I think that's really, really, really important. So anyway, I got a little bit off track, but yes, we start with a troop walkabout every year. It's the only one we do during cookie season all together, but I think it's a wonderful experience for my girls and it allows me to know that I've armed them with the right tips and safety procedures that they can all go out in their own neighborhoods and do walkabouts. The girls absolutely love it. I will say when you start breaking down like boxes per girl for a troop walkabout, it's pretty meager, but the girls absolutely love it. And if you can get a couple of, if you can get a couple of parents with you, what we've done that makes it really fun is, you know, you send two girls down this side of the street, two girls down that side of the street, and then two girls on the sides of the next street. And then you all meet at the end of that block. Yeah, that and, sounds really smart. That would be really fun. Yeah. And then they all talk about it and they're all excited and they all talk about how many they sold and, you know, who could get there the fastest. So they're running between the houses, which is helpful too. And, uh, and that has, that has worked really well. But if you keep them together all as a group or even we've done years where they're kind of leapfrogging over each other, um, you know, not, not that they care because at the end of the day, they've had a really good time, but you know, it, it's less fun when they come out after two and a half hours and they've, and they've sold, you know, eight boxes each or something like that. 
Girl Scouts is obviously just not to help, not just to help girls grow, but it's for adults to grow too. So what is one way you feel you've been impacted or changed through this experience? Well, I think the most obvious way that I've been impacted is through my own relationship with my daughter and the experiences that we have been able to share together and the memories that we've made together. But I think that you know, something that we all think about in the back of our mind as volunteers and maybe don't admit to ourselves as much as we should is that, you know, and it, it's kind of silly, right? Because Girl Scouts, you know, the first thing you learn as a girl in Girl Scouts is the song, Make New Friends. Um, and it's true as adults too. One of the things I love about being part of my service unit and being part of um, our leader meetings and things like that is the people that I've gotten to know through Girl Scouts and the adult relationships and the adult friendships that I have because of that, especially when we're so busy with our kids. And, you know, I believe I haven't lived my whole life yet, so I'm not hundred percent sure, but I certainly believe that there's no busier time of your life than when you have small children and you really forget about yourself and you forget that you too need relationships and people that you can depend on and people that you can um, have fun with. And I know that my, my friendships with other leaders and people on our service unit is something that means a tremendous amount to me as a person. Great answer. So what has been your biggest challenge as a troop volunteer? Um, my biggest challenge as a troop volunteer well, you know, <laughs> there's the challenges you overcome and the ones that you don't, right? So I think that the biggest challenge that I have overcome or continue to overcome is, you know, dealing with things like, you know, homesickness and, um, you know, meltdowns with other people's children. You know, we all kind of learn how to deal with you know, when our own kids are having a bad day, but when other people's kids are having a bad day, it, it can be really, really challenging. And that's something that, you know, I've, I've come to know all my girls and, you know, how hard I can push them and how hard they push themselves. And I think that I have a good handle on that and have overcome that now. And then you have the challenges that you never overcame. And I have learned that, well, my own personal financial house is in excellent order. I should not be our troop treasurer. It is not a good role for me. <laughs> I never seem to be able to get to the bank. Um, and luckily I have been able to recruit fabulous, fabulous, fabulous treasurers for my troop. But, but I think as co-leaders, when you can't find some of the help that you need, you often say, well, I'll just do it. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> but there are certain things, and I have I have found my own limitations. And yes, I need to work really hard. When it comes up, it's come up twice that I've really needed to find a troop treasurer for for our troop, and both times I have done it uh, successfully and found people that just love that little uh, niche, and that has been wonderful because it is definitely not my bag. If you could talk to your, to the version of you when you were just starting out, what do you wish that you could tell yourself? Oh my goodness. There's so much. 
the first thing I would tell myself is that there's a book and you should go to the store and buy one <laughs> because I didn't know that. I didn't know anything. And uh, the second thing that I would tell myself probably is, is probably a lot of what I just said. Uh, don't give up on your parents. When you need help, ask. And if somebody says no, ask somebody else because you can't do this alone. It's not possible. Uh, so you have to keep recruiting. And the thing is, even the parents who tell you no, you just didn't ask them the right question. If they don't want to be your co-leader, then maybe they want to chaperone trips. Maybe they want to be your treasurer. That is, you know, that's what I found actually my first troop treasurer who was so wonderful. Um, you know, she was like, listen, I don't camp. I'm not outdoorsy. I don't have any talents. I'm not going to be any helpful. I'm not going to be helpful to you. Like if you want somebody to buy the troop pizza, like I'm your girl, but I'm, I'm not going to be helpful to you. And she ended up being the most amazing troop treasurer I could have possibly asked for. And she was so much help to me that year. I can't even tell you, but you know, her very first words to me essentially were, don't look at me because this is not my thing. So just keep asking. What advice would you give to someone who might have hesitation around being a troop leader? I mean, I think that we're all troop leaders, so we would all tell them, you know, just go ahead and do it. But I think what people who are considering being troop leaders really need to hear is that it's not as hard as you think it is. It's a lot of, it can be a lot of time and it's going to be a lot of time at, at different points, but it's not as difficult as you think it is. And the benefits are so varied and so great. Uh, you're going to have rewards that you haven't even thought of yet. So you might as well, you might as well jump in. And what is one of your favorite or one of the best resources that you've found or a go-to that you use to help run your troop? I love the I Am Girl Scouts site. I think it's I Am Girl Scouts at blogspot.com. Uh, she has things like badge trackers and really cute, adorable uh, promise and law printables, things like that. Um, we have a really good digital volunteer toolkit in my council. We have a lot of great online resources, but outside of what Girl Scouts and North Carolina Coastal Pines gives me directly. I love the I Am Girl Scouts stuff. It's just, it's adorable. It's easy to use. And um, her badge trackers and things really boil stuff down, which I appreciate because sometimes I feel a little bit overwhelmed by all the steps in the booklets that you get with badges and journeys. And I just want to get to the nitty gritty of you know, what am I supposed to teach them? Tell me what I'm supposed to teach them and I'll figure out a way to do it. What advice do you have for troop leaders who are not currently involved in their service unit? Should they find ways to get involved in their service team? And if so, what, what are the reasons why? What are the benefits? If you're a person that does better with a group around you to bounce ideas off of, if you're looking for a creative outlet, if you're looking to better the opportunities for your troop, 
And that's another reason that I got involved in our council is it seemed like every time I tried to attend a council event with my girls, it got canceled. And I thought to myself, you know, I could fix that. I can, I can make a difference. And again, I come back to those friendships when I have a difficult time, when I need advice about something that's going on with my kids or something that's going on, you know, in my job and in my world. Um, those are the ladies that I turn to because I know that they're all smart and strong and resourceful. And, you know, if they can't point me in the right direction, then they're going to find me somebody who will point me in the right direction. And, um, and those are really, really wonderful people to, to have in your pocket. Do you have any other stories or any other advice that you wanted to share? Oh my goodness. Advice. Um, you know, I wanted to do this podcast because I wanted to toot the horn of mentorship a little bit, and I have done that, but I feel like I've left out one really important piece, and that is if your council does not have a mentorship program, and if you are not interested in starting one for your council, you still need a mentor, and I have been in that position. My, okay, fine, my council had a mentorship program, but it wasn't working, so this is my advice to you because you need a mentor. It's so much easier with one. You might as well just get one. So um, this is how you do it. You go to your leadership meeting and you find somebody who seems really together and sort of cool and maybe somebody that you want to be friends with. And you say to them something like, hey, you know, you have girls that are older than mine. So you've kind of been through this do you mind if we exchange numbers and like maybe I can call with questions once in a while? And I just about guarantee you that they're going to say yes. So don't worry about it. And now, even though they don't know it yet, they have become your mentor. And I did this, by the way. I successfully did this. Um, her name is Carrie. She's wonderful. And I just came up to her at a leaders meeting and basically asked her for her number and asked if I could call her like once or twice when I was really, you know, ended up to my eyeballs with my girls. And I did, and she's wonderful, and we're great friends, and I still call her with questions. I still call her when I'm having trouble with moms. Um, and even if she can't solve my problems, at least she listens to me, and you know we brainstorm and we get through it. So even if your counsel's not gonna set you up with a mentor, you can, you can get yourself a mentor, and I highly encourage you to do it. I, you know, I definitely encourage people to go to their leaders meetings as well. Um, I went just because I was so incredibly lost when I was a new leader. So I started going to them and honestly, I wouldn't miss them. I, I cancel and rearrange schedules all the time to make sure I attend leader meetings because I just, I just enjoy them. I mean, it's sort of, for me, it's a little bit like going to church. I come out of there so energized and so full of ideas and so ready to go back to my girls and and just fill them with the excitement that I've found. Are you or is someone you know interested in being on the show? We'd love to have you. Go to our Facebook page to learn more about how. Facebook.com slash Girl Scout Podcast. This show and the entirety of its online presence is in no way affiliated with or endorsed by GSUSA. This podcast was completely created and developed by volunteers and girls.
Don't forget to hit subscribe. We have a ton of great content coming soon.